Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers. Welcome back to another rousing episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast. I'm Josh, as joined every week by my co-host, Chell. Say what's up, Chell. Hola. I, I like that you're going to just keep finding a new way to to fill that gap when I say, say what's up. Uh, <laughs> to keep that going. It'll be fun. And you're going to run out of things to say. Today on the podcast, we have an interview with Terrell Turner. Um, he is the founder of the Business Talk Library, a content and training company that hosts multiple podcasts and makes business content to help business owners. And his formal background is accounting and finance, and he spent 12 years working for Fortune 500 companies and a hyper-growth tech startup company. Chell, what did you think of this interview? Do talk about multiple nuggets of knowledge. This was like whatever the 20 nugget thing from McDonald's is. I don't go there, so I don't know. But that's what this episode felt like. Like, you know what I'm saying? No. Oh, man. The metaphor falls apart when you have no idea what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> and I can't help you because I also don't know. It's like the 20-piece nugget special from McDonald's. <laughs> it's like the interview's like a Happy Meal. Like, there's just a lot of very different, very delicious things involved. I don't think Happy Meal is actually delicious, though. Man, this metaphor sucks. <laughs> Honestly, though, I think this interview was by far one of the best, if maybe only, financial discussions we've had with a professional. And I think getting clarity on that is really cool because we've spoken about it so many times, right? Like a lot of people forget the financial side of their business to like check on it, make sure it's healthy. What does healthy mean? and like how to make that possible. And Terrell really breaks it down to something that's easily digestible, makes it sound feasible to track your spending, track your income, and really know what you have to do each month to not only bring in clients, but to make that happen, like even on the marketing end before you're like working with people. So this was, again, like a 20 piece nugget special. Uh, yes, I totally agree. Uh, unlike a Happy Meal, this is both nutritious and delicious. Without further ado, our interview with Terrell Turner. So uh, we want to start out with a little get to know you segment that we do. Are you ready for our three questions? I think I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Hard hitting questions. Here we go. <laughs> One, what is your bucket list travel destination? Mm, I would have to say Australia. Um, I have heard create some good and some crazy things about Australia, and I just really want to check it out for myself. I just got to figure out how to convince my wife for the long flight. <laughs> That's totally fair. That's fair. We, we have uh, a lot of people who've mentioned Australia and New Zealand, so we're organizing an unstuck tour. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, part of that tour will be boxing a kangaroo. Ah, that would be a memorable experience right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two. If you could choose, what would be your last meal? 
my favorite has to be pancakes. So that would be my last meal: pancakes with maple syrup. Do you have a type Real of pancake? maple syrup or Aunt Jemima? <laughs> Mm, I mean, it's a little controversial in the U.S. to say Aunt Jemima, but that's what I grew up on, and I really love it. <laughs> do they totally have, fair. Do they have a new name yet? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even sure. You know, when they announced it, you know, there's all these emotions. Because like I said, I grew up on tourists, like all the nostalgic factory, factory time, just like... I'm going to miss it. Um, so, yeah. So I haven't even checked to see if they've renamed it. It's too emotional. <laughs> All right. And last question. What is your favorite hobby that doesn't make you money? Um, my favorite hobby that doesn't make me money, I would have to say it is probably doing jigsaw puzzles. Um Ooh. It's one of those things that helps me, like, you know, disconnect from all the work and everything else that's going on. Because it's one of those things you can't really multitask when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle. And I have absolutely no idea how to make money on it. Uh, I don't even know if you could, but um, <laughs> that's my jam. <laughs> Dude, we should definitely have a brainstorm sesh. Join us. Join us on Fridays uh, and we'll have a brainstorm sesh of how to monetize doing a jigsaw puzzle it's definitely possible <laughs> i think it's i think it's just a creative and entertaining youtube channel right <laughs> watch watch terrell do jigsaw terrell's jigsaws like and subscribe below <laughs> all right uh terrell now that we know you um uh, way too well <laughs> tell us a little bit about your background uh and what you do and how you came to do what you do yeah, absolutely. My background is accounting and finance. So I studied accounting in school um, and it was part of because I wanted to do something in business. I just wasn't sure because um, I didn't come from background of people who had like, you know, business backgrounds or entrepreneurs or I mean, my father is a retired medic in the army and my mom was a stay at home mom. So that was kind of the background. So it was all new to me. And I remember talking to someone and they were saying, like, you know, if you're going to understand business, um, you really need to understand the numbers. So I was like, well, accounting would be a good option. And then I learned about, hey, when I graduate, I can go into the accounting department. I'm like, what other field would they allow a young 21 year old to sit and have conversations with executives to understand what was going on in the company? And because I went into uh, auditing. So my job was pretty much to question, you know, executives who are like twice and three times my age and, oh, and say, well, loved I loved having a 21 year old do that. <laughs> <laughs> who are you, you 21 year old kid? Get out of here. Stop questioning me. It's my job, what so, sir. <laughs> what was so funny was like, even when I'd show up for like different clients and I'd be in the elevator, some people ask me, oh, are you here to see your parents? Like, no, I'm here to audit you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite visitor is Terrell. <laughs> and you know, it's one of those, I guess you say it's a fortunate thing is like, I always looked like people said I always looked really young. So whenever there was like a complicated client or there was some uncomfortable conversation, they would pick me to send me in the room to start the conversation. And then the manager would come in and, and, and like play this good cop, bad cop thing or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> okay, all right, I'll, I'll play along. 
<laughs> Wait, were you the good cop or the bad cop? I was the bad cop. And, uh. you know, it's funny because when you look so young and you're trying to play the bad cop, it's like, are they really going to take me serious? <laughs> and then your manager comes in as the good cop and they take you even less seriously. They're like, don't worry about him. He, he's just a kid. I'll let you off the hook here. <laughs> you're like, thanks. This is great. <laughs> So, I, have, yeah, so, I have just a whole my, scene now in my head of, of what your life was like as a 21 year old and <laughs> it could be a sitcom let's I mean, pitch it, it, it to was, NBC <laughs> yeah it, it was a, it was an interesting a very interesting experience but like I said it gave me the chance to really see like lift lift up the hood under a lot of different businesses to understand how they run. And then like I said, I, I was like, all right, I'm, I think I got the handle on auditing and telling other people what they're doing wrong. And I was like, now I need to figure out how do I actually become part of the solution? And so I took a job with some fortune 500 companies and worked in different roles in finance, some with, uh, with like with Navistar and general electric, I lived down in Brazil and worked there for a year of figuring out, hey, oh. how do I solve international problems? Came back to the U.S., did a couple of other jobs. And um, after, after working with a tech company, helping them kind of go through raising capital, kind of fundraising, buying other companies, I'm like, I think I have all the pieces and the experience that I need to go do my own thing. And so I decided to leave my company, that company, and I started my own. And, you know, I decided to leave like, you know, December of 2019, my wife and I were talking oh, wow. about it, came to the conclusion. It's like, OK, all right, we're going to do this. Came back, talked to my CFO and he was like, OK, I'm going to hate to see you leave. Can you stick around for a couple months to wrap up a few projects? I'm like, OK, cool. Now, the timing just so happened that I, my last day was March 31st. To where oh I'm gosh. just like, you know, height of, you know, the start of the pandemic, all the stay at home orders, perfect time to start a business. But I'm like, I'm already <laughs> in this, so I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> wow. So I think <laughs> you had very smart all your all the things leading up to this. Like, let me do this so I can look under the hood of a lot of companies. Like it's a very smart uh, way to research and develop your uh your business skills and your financial skills and whatnot. And then what terrible timing. <laughs> you know, it's a good time to venture out and start a new thing. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> but how did it go? How did 2020 go for your business? Your fledgling start uh, business? 2020 there? was, you know, it was interesting because I always tell people that you know, money within itself and the subject of money is emotional. And anytime you're talking to people about, you know, anything related to money, especially business owners, I mean, it's emotional. And then you put on top of that, like learning to run your own business, that's emotional within itself to where I will say it was like a constant emotional roller coaster throughout 2020. And then, uh, but like I said, the first probably five months was just, hey, let me just go hardcore into marketing and, and just getting my name out there, meeting people to where that's where I, I started a podcast and of interviewing other founders and CEOs and executives of companies. And so from April of 2020 to like December of 2020, I interviewed what, 232 different business owners because I'm just like, I'm just going to go <laughs> hardcore in this. And it was like some some days I was doing like 10 interviews a day um to just going back to back to where it's like well because i talked to a bunch of cpas or um and other consultants who were full-time in their business 
And one of the big problem that they consistently said is they, they struggle with the networking and the marketing. So I'm like, well, I'm going to master that. Um, <laughs> and so that's what I focused on for like the first five months or whatever, very little client activity. And then probably around like October, you know, kind of Q4 of 2020 is when I started getting a lot more traction and started getting a lot more clients on. So I will say now it's going great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the first five months, yeah, it was um, yeah, an emotional roller coaster. I think, you know, you wake up those days and you're like, did I make the right decision? Like, should I keep doing this? Or maybe I should like respond to that job posting that I saw. I mean, you just, I went through that a lot the first five months, but I would say now, I mean, things have definitely after just putting so much effort into the marketing, I mean, things have definitely picked up on the business side. So this is actually the second person that we've heard in the last couple of weeks say that the first thing that they did was go hard into marketing early on, like hard. And I think that that's a really good tactic because the more we hear it, like people work with people, right? So like mm -hmm. you, they need to know who you are. Like, cool. You're a CPA. Fan-fucking-tastic. So is the dude next to you. Why should I work with you? Right? But like, if you already have that relationship built with them, you're already ahead of the curve. So I think that that is super smart to, to dive in that way. And I know, I don't doubt that it was really fucking hard. I don't doubt it at all. <laughs> yeah, because initially you don't have enough uh, return on that investment, but you're putting in a whole lot of time. You're like, do I see any? Like you said, like, should I check yeah. the job postings? <laughs> but it's, it's good. Like a lot of the time, those, those, those things are kind of invisible forces, right? You're putting it out there. You're putting it out there. You're not getting feedback. So you, you're kind of like, oh gosh, this is working. But then it just like comes. <laughs> it's like, and yeah. we hit the threshold. It, we start to see the <laughs> feedback at least, you know? And, and so I'm glad that, that, that is, that was your journey that you didn't take another job. <laughs> That it all worked out because because <laughs> 10 interviews a day man that is that is some hardcore uh going hard on marketing <laughs> it really is i mean it, it definitely taught me a huge appreciation for like the sales side of the process because i mean my background is accounting and finance so i didn't always have the privilege of you know of seeing firsthand what that sales process and what that marketing process is like but even just from the simple thing of just trying to line up that many interviews to where it's just like spending hours reaching out to people, developing a relationship with people, especially in the beginning, because it's like I didn't have any episodes to point people to. So they're kind of like, <laughs> uh, what is this podcast? Let me see some other episodes. Well, you're like number five. I don't have any episodes to show <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's the same when I got my first job, right? We want work experience. Well, I've never had a job before. Well, we won't hire anyone without work experience. Well, come on now. <laughs> Take a chance. <laughs> so, Terrell, given your background in, in finance and stuff, what what kind of advice or, or uh, wisdom would you share with our audience that uh, might be starting out their own business and, and getting things, you know, set up right and what, what are some of the mistakes you've seen from under the hood of other businesses? <laughs> Share with our audience. What, what can we do right? And, and how much are we in trouble if someone like a 21-year-old Terrell shows up at our doorstep and goes, I'm here to audit you. 
<laughs> I would definitely say, I mean, I think the first one is really is just, you know, even just be, knowing what your numbers are. Um, I, I was surprised when I started working with a lot of different business owners because um, my business focuses on doing kind of bookkeeping, kind of financial strategy for businesses. And when having conversations with them, I was surprised at the number of people that really had no clue what their numbers were. Like, how much money did you make this month? And they were like, well, I know how much is in my bank account. I'm like, okay, that's good. But how much money did you actually like? What were your sales looking like this month? And what were your expenses? And just so many business owners didn't have a clue. And so I always tell people, you know, probably step number one is let's just figure out what does your financial picture look like? Um, and I know that with a lot of business owners, there's a ton of stuff that they're, they're having to juggle. And I always say, you know, let, let's find a, a simple solution. If you don't have that many transactions, maybe you can track it in a spreadsheet. Or if you do have a lot of transactions, maybe you can use like an online tool or something um, that integrates with your bank account. Um, and that way, at least you have some help trying to track that information. Because what I found is uh, in, in talking to a lot of business owners, what they were saying is, well... I was like, how do you make decisions if you don't know the numbers? And they're like, well, I, you know, this feels like the right answer. And I'm like, if you're trying to run your business purely on your feelings, um, this is an emotional process. You're going to make a lot of bad decisions. Um, <laughs> we need to get a little bit more clarity than your feelings and your emotions. I'm like, what if you have a bad day? Like, are all your decisions going to go that direction? And so I always definitely tell people, number one is let's just get a picture of what the numbers look like. And I think that when they're actually working through that, what I've noticed is, you know, whether it's you getting a, a bookkeeper or you're doing it yourself, because bookkeepers are inexpensive. I mean, you, you can find a reasonable bookkeeper to help you kind of sort that information out where you meet with them maybe on a monthly basis or they share the they send you the reports on a monthly. That way you can kind of get a feel for, hey, are are the things that I'm doing, are they headed in the right direction? And if they are headed in the right direction, then you know, okay, all right, I can keep going down this path. Because I always tell people, I compare it to like taking a road trip. I mean, if you were going to drive from, you know, one place to another, I mean, you pay attention to the road signs that let you know you're headed in the right direction. Although <laughs> it's going to take you a while to get to your destination, but the road signs give you those incremental signals that, hey, things are going the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So for people starting out and they don't and they go, yeah, I should probably know the numbers. And and people have people have said that before. Um, how do they go about starting to, you know, put in those road signs? Um, what are what are some basic tools, fundamentals you would tell them to use or, or ways to go about starting to be able to one, start tracking the numbers if you're not already. And two, how do you use the numbers as road signs? Yeah, definitely. So I think on the tracking, um, I think, like I said, if you don't have that many transactions and you have the available time to do it, maybe you could just track it in the spreadsheet. And what you really want to track is, OK, all right, what's the revenue? Like, what am I being paid by my customers? And then what am I spending my money on related to the business? Now, your personal life. You know, you can track that, but that's not your business. So track what are you spending in your business? And then what's the, you know, what are customers actually paying you? Um, now, if you have a lot more transactions or let's say, you know, you don't have the time to do it in yourself in a spreadsheet, like say you can, 
use a system like a software like, you know, QuickBooks or Xero or FreshBooks, because a lot of times those integrate with your bank account. So as the transactions are happening in your bank account, it automatically feeds over into those systems to where then you just need to look at it and see, okay, you know, what was income, what was expenses, put it in the right category. Like, was this, did you spend it on supplies or did you spend it on like software tools, put it in the right category. So I think though, you know, being able to categorize your income and your expenses will be helpful. Now, as far as how do you use the numbers, you know, I always tell people, let's start with, you know, your, your sales or your revenue is really see, okay, how much revenue are you making like each month? And then how many customers does that translate into? Or if you're selling products or digital products, like how many products does that translate into? Because if you have an idea on, on average, you know, I help, you know, five customers a month then you kind of have a target on, hey, well, what if I increase that to six? And that's something I think manageable that you can actually digest and break it down to say, hey, I can, what do I need to do to bring in two more customers? Or if you want to double your income, like, hey, if I need to bring in five more customers, how do I set a plan to bring five more people like the ones that I'm already serving. And I think when you start to break the numbers down that way, it becomes more tangible to your saying like, hey, this is actually helping me make decisions and build out my strategy. I completely agree with that. So just a little background here. I used to cook for people as a personal chef. So like that month to month, depending on how many new clients I had or if they were out of town, that fluctuated heavily. So what do you recommend for businesses whose income is maybe seasonal or like that? It kind of, it's not contractual. So like weeks can vary, months can vary. Is there, are there tips or tactics that you have for those in businesses similar to that, that maybe don't have that same consistent revenue to rely on month to month? Yeah. I mean, I think with a lot of the seasonal businesses that I've worked with or, and, and, and to be honest, in some respects, some of my business ends up being seasonal as well. It's where I think I go back to how the dots connect between, you know, if you trace it backwards from revenue, you know, someone had to go through, let's say your, your sales process, maybe short, maybe long, then it goes, how'd they even get into your sales process? You go back to the marketing process. And then what I then translated to say, okay, all right, if I know that I need five customers a month, like how many proposals or pitches do I need? Let's say if there's a 50%, you know, conversion, I need to talk to 10 people to get five customers. And then, okay, how many people do I need to market to? So I have 10 people to talk to. And I think it's tracing it back to, okay, all right, I need to get my brand in front of, let's say 30 people. So that I end up having 10 people to talk to and then 10 of those, you know, five of those people become actual customers. And I think because the truth is you can't really control who buys and who doesn't buy, but you can control like how many people do I show my product to or how many people do I talk to on the front end? So I always tell a lot of even if you have a seasonal business, like say, even for myself, I was like, I tell myself, hey, well, the number that I can control is how many people I tell about my business. And let me make sure that I'm focusing on that and then let the process kind of feed into, you know, the revenue um, that I'm going to generate. And then I think on the expense side, if I know that my business is seasonal, 
It's, you know, making sure that I'm not locking myself into long-term contracts that I won't be able to fluctuate as my revenue fluctuates. Because I have, you know, some businesses that um, are, um, they're into, I guess they snow cone, kind of milkshake, kind of ice cream, cold dessert. So they know during the, the winter seasons, their business is pretty much going to go to zero during the winter seasons. So it's like, okay, how do we make sure we're not signing long-term contracts that will lock you into having to pay for stuff during the winter seasons? And then for things like, let's say like a lease or whatever, where, hey, you're going to have to pay the lease during those winter seasons is, hey, when we're in the summertime where things are really good, let's make sure we put money aside so we can cover those expenses when the revenue and the sales drop. That's super helpful. Uh, and hopefully our listeners out there can garner some useful tools from that as well. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Jarrell. Well, we're kind of short on time. Is there any anything else that we haven't gotten to that you'd like to share with our listeners or any fun pieces of wisdom about all of this stuff? Yeah, I would definitely tell people, I mean, when it comes down to the accounting and finance, I also realize that a lot of people um, don't spend a lot of time on that area of their business because it just it seems scary to them. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it's a bit overwhelming or if they don't understand it, they they know that, hey, a business owner should understand that part of their business, but they don't and they don't want to look bad or they don't want to look like they're not a good business owner. And I always tell people is understanding the accounting and finance side. I mean, it's a process. I mean, it, you know, even for someone like me, I went to school for four years. I worked for like another 12 years actually in the field to really understand it. So I always tell business owners, don't beat yourself up if you don't know it, but just start small in some areas and work your way through understanding. And you don't need to understand everything about the accounting and the finance of your business. You need probably, maybe you just need to work with someone who can break it down to say, hey, what are the critical parts that I need to know? And I can hire you to do all the details in the back one, background, but what are the critical things that I need to know so you can simplify it and get what you need? But yeah, don't let the process of learning intimidate you or feel like, hey, if you don't know it already, you're a bad business owner. It's a process just like everything else in your business. Yeah, I totally agree. Like if you're if you're a business owner, you got into business because you're an expert at something and it might not be finances. Most aren't, right? And um, while you should definitely know something about your own finances uh, as soon as you can, hiring an expert to help you out like Terrell here would be be a great idea (laughs) with, with, what was that? 16 years of experience. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Terrell, for being here. Um, Where can our listeners find out more about you and your podcast? Yeah. So um, if you go to our website, uh, businesstalklibrary.com. Um, there you'll see all of the great information that we're doing on, on our, our different podcasts. Um, so we're actually running a couple of podcasts, like the podcast where I interview CEOs and founders, that's on there, as well as um, a podcast that my wife and I do called The Finance and Accounting Show, where we break down finance and accounting topics in like you know 10 minutes, uh, where we really talk and really simplify it. Like, how does this make sense for your business? And then um, my wife is fluent in four languages, so Spanish is another show that she does. Um, so <laughs> you'll see that on the website as well. And, and, and there's a button there where people can ask us a question. 
you know, and a lot of times what we'll do is we'll take the questions people ask and we'll just create a video explaining it. So really try to add as much value as we can to help people. That is an amazing resource. And if you're listening and you're not typing in that URL or going to the show notes and clicking on it right now, uh, you're missing out. All right. Thanks so much, Terrell, for being here. Um, and thanks for sharing all your wisdom and knowledge with the Unstuckers. Hey, thanks for having me. The Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by Chell's Save Time in the Cucina mini course. Experiencing decision fatigue, feeling uninspired to cook, resorting to pre-made meals and ordering in more than you'd like? Check out my Save Time in the Cucina mini course to learn time-saving cooking skills so that even on busy weeknights, you can get a meal on the table in 30 minutes or less. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more. The Unstuck Institute podcast is also brought to you by our awesome new life book. Want to get a handle on your life and where you're going? Lack of productivity keeping you down? Download our free workbook to get clear on where you want to go in life and use the Lifebook system to keep yourself on track and be more productive in your life. Download the Unstuck Institute Lifebook today at www.unstuck.institute slash lifebook. Remember, it's free. It's time for a recap. One, all you need is a spreadsheet to get started. Two, it's important to track your numbers so that you can see where you're going via road signs. Three, make sure to save up for lean months if you're a seasonal business. And that's a wrap on episode 138. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. Go back to episodes one, two, and three to learn more about the Unstuck Institute, Josh, and myself. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show a ton. If you leave us a five-star written review, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a 30-minute brainstorming coaching sesh with Josh and myself. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking to Melissa Del Toro Schaffner about living the life of your dreams. I mean, it's a little controversial in the U.S. to say Aunt Jemima, but that's what I grew up on, and I really love it. <laughs> I got it. I got. I just Googled it, guys. <laughs> uh, PepsiCo, who apparently owns it, just announced it will be renamed as Pearl Milling Company. Uh-huh. I don't know. Does it have the <laughs> same <laughs> ring? Strike, does it strike the same way? That's, All right, let's get the show weird. back on the rails, guys. That's weird. All right. So remember, Terrell's going to have his pearl milling company uh, syrup on his pancakes for his last meal. Sounds That's terrible. what I wanted to know. <laughs>